0: Hello. It is Thursday, July thirteenth, two 2017, at 1 o'clock Eastern time, and this is Marketing Live. I am your host, Amy Jorgensen. On today's live broadcast, we'll be talking with MIT about organic growth. MIT has never boosted or paid for a social media ad, yet they have been able to organically grow their Instagram followers from 3,000 to more than 3,800 in less than two years. Tune in. Today we're going to talk more about MIT's social strategy, content generation, and how they've leveraged their globally recognized brand. Marketing Live is part of Higher Ed Live network. Our episodes offer, offer you direct access to the best and brightest minds in education. Be a part of our live broadcast by sharing your knowledge. Participate in today's discussion by tweeting us using hashtag Higher Ed Live. All of our episodes are free and easy to access in the video archives at higheredlive.com or you can take Hired Live with you on the go by subscribing to the podcast. Hired Live is produced by M Stoner, a digital first agency committed to tailored solutions that drive real results. An accessible site is a highly usable site for everyone, and it's time to make it a priority. Mstoner's accessible accessibility checkup provides actionable information to help your website comply with legal requirements and improve site performance for seven major user characteristics. Interested to learn more? We are tweeting a link right now. And I'd like to welcome our guest, Jenny Lee Fowler from MIT. Welcome, Jenny. Hi, how are you? We are very excited to have you here with us today. And um, I think we're going to dive right into the questions. And again, if anyone has any questions, do not hesitate to use hashtag HireLive. I'll do my best to ask the questions to Jenny as they come in, but I'm going to start off with a few questions of my own. Great. So,
1: what are your social media goals? Yeah, that's like a, that's a big one, right? Um, I think that um, just like everyone else, um, social media is a tool in our toolbox, right? Um, so we through our um, through our efforts, we really wanted to support the messaging priorities of the institute and our president, and um, and ultimately um, there are. Sp- you know conversations and sentiments that we want to move the needle on using our social media channels um, and also it gives us an opportunity to show MIT's culture to a global audience um, you know show our fun and quirky side that you know people won't necessarily get to see unless they visit campus or experience campus firsthand. so I, th- I would say like broadly speaking those are our um, general goals it's it's just different because we uh, you know I'm I've got The perspective of the main channels like if you if you talk to um, our my colleagues that are in admissions they would have different goals as well so you know they they deal with more of the prospective student um, you know side and and part of things but from us where we really look at it as um, a tool to really help push our Institute wide messaging
0: Wonderful! I think that's a, a really good point and a good strategy. Okay. So let's start off with the meat and potatoes. Why yeah. are you not paying
1: for social media promotions? Where does yeah, that yeah. from? Yeah, y'all. Well, you're gonna laugh, but at first, it, I mean, I I never had a budget. I mean, I'm like literally, like um, before I was here, you know. Um, I worked at Harvard Kennedy School, and I I didn't have a budget to work with, so it was really out of necessity. But the funny thing is, is what you know what started out as not having a choice, you know, kind of I guess has become a strategy um, that's that's working for us. Um, you know, I think it's I I I think at this point um, I get the perception that. I mean, I don't know. There's a little bit of, I mean, it's not an exact science, right? When you pay for, like, if you boost posts on Facebook, you have an idea of what you're getting and you have an idea of who it's going to. But it's it's not an exact science. Um, but anecdotally, I will tell you that when we went to, like, I recently took the administrative side of our Facebook account onto um, a business manager account, which is. You know how you pay for ads, or um, you're familiar with that, right, Amy? And so, so we went to we I I finally moved us to that pl- platform to um, manage our uh, page, and people would, uh, you know, say to me, and this people, my colleagues from like actually globally, like even in Ireland and different segments of the world would say, let me know if your numbers, if your reach changes, or if your reach. Decreases, or keep an eye on that, and because people, you know, were saying, once I went to business manager, you know, I noticed that our, you know, rate, our reach numbers drastically decreased, and so I thought, oh gosh, okay, that's great. What, what did I do? And so I kept a close eye on that, and I noticed that on, I mean, they had dipped a little bit when I first went on. To um, business ad manager, but it because we didn't pay, so I wasn't immediately paying for ads or we didn't pay for ads, it went back to where it was normally. So it was almost like our numbers returned because me, I, I don't know, this is all, I mean, I don't really, I, it's all like an anecdote and um, just my guessing, but I think, you know, they realized, well, they're not kind of buying ads immediately. So, something returned like something returned to where our normal reach was and so um, just I you know just to give you a sense of the numbers and um, I kind of looked at our averages from last month um, and last month our okay so I will I will say last month included commencement so our numbers are a little bit skewed but last month our average Facebook post post reach was one hundred forty seven thousand seven hundred so you I mean you tell me, if, that's pretty good I mean I, I'm happy that's great
0: yeah
1: yeah um, but but again it's a little skewed because it's with commencement so I thought okay that's really inflated so what's this month so we're halfway into this month and our reach this month um, is much less but it's our average reach is 68 thousand seven hundred which I'm still really happy with right so um like I always look at our posts and if I think if by the end of the day whatever I posted that day if it's not at 20,000. Um, Just by end of business day, I think it's not as good of a performing post or something as wonky. That's kind of how I view, and of course it grows from there, right? But that's our average. Um, Our average number of reactions per day, and I think the way Insights shares their um, metrics, they they give you a per day number, and for last month, it was 3,400. Our average reactions per link was... 560, so that's just per link. Um, average reactions per photo were 1,200, and average reactions per video were 2,400. So I just, I to me, I just feel like because we've never paid for an ad, we haven't messed with the algorithms behind our page. No, this is totally a guess. And no, I'm sure there are people exactly out there right? that might you know, have their own theories or disagree, but I just, I just feel like since we've never messed with it at all, it's just pure, you know, the, the, um, growth is just, purely pure at this point so I
0: think that's I think you're you're right on because I've noticed a dip after I pay for a promotion either for an event or for a specific campaign message that there is a huge um, dip afterwards in regards to our reach
1: yeah
0: and it's so frustrating and also sometimes I'll look at the organic interaction with content versus yeah. the paid interaction yeah and oftentimes percentage-wise, you know, the organic reach and the organic um, interaction is higher and and that it decreases with sponsor because people look at it and they see it's sponsored and they kind of go, huh, I don't know if I want to interact with that.
1: That's, that's but. interesting. But I also think as as a manager of, of, um, of a page, when you see the number dip, I think you think, oh my gosh, you know, and it's almost like, like, I don't know, feeding a slot machine. (laughs) Like once you know, you get you see the big numbers, and then you kind of get used to seeing those big numbers. In the immediate, the first time you don't, you know, boost and add, it did. You the numbers decrease, and I think, um, yeah, how do you explain for that? Like if you're a manager and you have to, if you have to. You know, um, show numbers to a person like someone you, that you report to, and all of a sudden there's this big dip. I think it's it's just hard to explain that. I think um, so. It, it's it's easy to fall into the temptation of constantly boosting posts again. You know, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> I'm happy to um, listen to the other side of the argument, but this is just kind of how I feel. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it comes across more authentic. So you talked a little bit about um, at the end of the day, if a post on Facebook, for example, does not have, I think you said 20,000 reach, yeah. you, you assess the content and see whether or not you should po- post content like that in the future. So some really good social listening there. Can you address a little bit about... Um, You know, what kind of content have you learned, you know, what are some examples where you're like, this worked really well, a picture of a puppy, but this didn't work well, a picture of a walrus. I don't know, although we do love walruses, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. Well, I think, um, so absolutely, that's actually what we base our strategy on is to have, um, is in our growth, is to have an evidence-based, social content or content strategy right that's based solely on evidence so just like what people are responding to Um, for us at MIT I mean we we know our, our audience knows what to expect from us and we know what you know what our audience likes it's it's usually research it's things on the techie side it's things with like a little bit of a quirky sense of humor so you know things like you know, Pi Day are totally, you know, it's, that's in our wheelhouse, Um, you know, um, Star Wars Day, Um, (laughs) you know, those are all, I mean, I think people expect to see something from us on those days, but what we try to deliver is something, I mean, they're expecting to see a post, but we try to surprise them with something a little bit different, right? So I think um, that's, you know, that has always worked. And when you can kind of, what I call, like a, I kind of call it a social intersection with a weather intersection. Like when you're having a social event with a weather event and you can capitalize on both of it, it's just, to me, it's just what I call social media gold. So for instance, we had um, Pi Day, but then also we had a huge snowstorm this year on Pi Day. And um, my colleague who is, Who's just? I mean, she just has a knack for this stuff, um, Maya Weinstock and she's amazing. But she had the the best idea to go outside and make a pie out of snow <laughs> because it was snowing, and so it's just it, it was just pie, but it was like molded out of snow, and she took a a picture, and we just said you know, happy snowy pie day or something like that and did like three snowflake emojis and it just did gangbusters, you know. So I think anytime you can, I call it an intersection, <laughs> like you can can take two events and mold it into one and capitalize on that. Like I think, I think it's just, it does really well. And it, and it speaks to knowing your audience and it speaks to being timely, you know, all these things that I know social media managers um, know, right. But if you can kind of remember all of those things in our busy, busy day-to-day lives and kind of um, and create something clever like that. It always performs really well. Um, and yeah. I think
0: that kind of responsiveness where you assess everything that's coming out, you look at what's happening, you, you make sure that you're staying relevant and connecting with your audience and using that as the foundation to build really good content, and that's how you're able to grow. I think that's so smart.
1: Right. Thank, well, thank you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it that's exactly it so I think that if you if you know you have no budget right we're not gonna do any ads we just have to really it comes down with the content which I love because you know at you know in at heart I'm a storyteller and it always just comes down to content and I know you know I used to tell different stories in different mediums, but I still think it's storytelling. So I think when it comes down to it, I think if your content is really, really good, people will find you no matter what platform you're on. Yeah, I think there um, is a lot of um, um, people are feeling obligations to be in every single platform. And I know at MIT we've got lots of, we've got departments and then we've got smaller labs and we have centers and we have initiatives and um, you know they all have one communications person and I think a lot of times you feel the burden of having to be in every single platform but you know i often tell them just choose one <laughs> just to choose one that resonates with them and if they do that really well or you know it fits their content they do it really well i you know people will find you i really i really believe that
0: and i think it's really important like you're saying that you're developing content with your audience that connects to your audience and so often universities small or large try to talk to their to their audiences not with them and once you're talking to them, you lose them. You know yep. they're not going to pay attention anymore. Yeah. And so when you started, so you, you obviously didn't start off. How many uh, Facebook followers does MIT have right now?
1: Um. So we're like at 900. We're so close to a million. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh. um, we're like 999,000 mm-hmm. followers. When. So- so when I, when I started, I thought you might ask me best name me, so I, <laughs> I wrote down some numbers, but when we started um, Facebook, we had 662,000, um, and I, th- that's a little bit under two years ago. <clears throat> okay. Um, so how much growth
0: did you see every month? Um, you know, what are you looking at when you're, when you're growing organically? Like how right. much growth are you kind of seeing and, and kind of anticipating with your content? Did you see like a huge influx with... Certain times of the year, because I mean, how many students do you have at your university
1: overall? Oh gosh, Um, you know, I'm going to give you a number and it's going to be wrong. (laughs) I don't want to be wrong. I should I should know this, Um, but I don't don't have a figure right off the the top of my head. But I went, yeah, which is really bad, right? I should really know that. But I think like overall, we've had about um, it's been it's been slow, but every month it's been an average of like. 2% growth month, month after month. Some months it's larger, right? That might maybe like a 5%. Sometimes we might get like 1.4%. But generally, I would say in Facebook, we've had a 2% growth every month. Um, yeah. well, here's
0: what's so impressive about this. So I pulled up the numbers because i you know Oh, great. Else. OK. And so there are
1: 11,376 um, students enrolled at MIT. OK, great. So there's 13,000, but yeah. I, was, like, I, I know it's going to be wrong, so I don't want to say
0: okay. Go. Yeah, it's okay. So you have about eleven thousand students at MIT. Forty five hundred of them are undergrads, and sixty eight hundred of them are graduate students. So you're looking at not an not a super big school. I mean, this is you know the uh, what is it um, the, uh, Texas and A and M that's got yeah. you know sixty thousand oh, sure. students or yeah. fifty thousand students. But you're able to really cultivate a huge audience, and by by starting off with the content development and getting people sucked into stuff. So, and and also making sure you're really relevant. And I think that's really smart, because oh, people will look at your numbers If you have a, a million followers. Well, it's like, oh, they've got to be a huge school. You're not a huge school.
1: Uh, well, you know? okay. yeah, no, I, I so I appreciate that, but I think that um, I it, it was probably one of topics you wanted to cover um, later but it I think it speaks to MIT's global draw right yeah. like MIT the Massachusetts Institute of Technology is known around the world for being and you know leaders in innovation and science you know innovative in science and mathematics and um, technology and biomedicine you know so I think that people are genuinely interested in um, the research um, that you know the news the developments that come out of MIT so they they follow us so we're you know we're very mindful that it's not just this MIT community or it's not just alum it's it's this global audience but at the same time the people who are interested in that kind of content um, are people that like Pi Day and Tau Day jokes and you know yeah. there it's it's all kind of a part of the culture so and um, and I think. When you find a community like that that appreciates the same humor or you know gets into um, like number jokes like you do and in a public space, I think you feel a kinship to that and um, and yeah. So I think that that's you know that's what I attest to. I mean, it's it's really the brand which always helps, right? And and delivering the content that the community is. Um, that likes appreciates has come to expect, but you continually surprise them. Um, I think is is good. Um, so I- we have a
0: we have a great question from APU alumni. Great. So how do you balance posting what is relevant to your organization and what your audience likes on social media? So
1: I I mean I would like to think it's all it's all relevant. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I would think I would like to think that it's all relevant, right? Um, can you so what they like versus what's relevant? Is that what the question? Yeah. That, okay. Um, you know, so I think
0: I think sometimes yeah. like I was I was speaking with the University of Florida Health System and they're like, okay, we have all these news releases that we want to put out here oh which God. are very official and all that. And how do you balance that along with, you know, posts that you wanna put out there that will engage with your audience, like the Pi Day that, that yeah. may not be official research? And and I think this might tie in a little bit to a question from Samantha of you know, aligning individual school accounts with like a persona. To the university overall you know like what are some things that you can do well so
1: so, so what's we obviously absolutely we share what's relevant relevant so um all of the work that is coming out of our mit news office um I mean, one one problem that's really nice to have is I have no um, lack of content. I mean, it's you know there is just a lot of content that is being generated at MIT, and part of it's because we have this awesome news office, and they have a staff of um, writers, and they have beats, and you know like. Any sort of newsroom, and they're producing um, articles on the research, and you know all that's coming out of MIT. And so that we sh- we share that, right? We we post their work, um, and that's we feel like all relevant. It's all it's it's what our community is interested in. But again, I think you know when we post things that um, show our sense of humor, or you know when people. You know, one thing that I've learned is, you know, there are brilliant minds, but they're equally creative and funny, you know? And so, I, you know, it's this blend of art and science, and we like to showcase all of that on um, our um, social media channels. Again, you know, I, I said one of our goals was to, sh- to help people experience the culture or what we like to say the magic of MIT um, that's here. And the social media channels are really a way to let that shine because they're, they're social. There's sense, you know, we, we get to use emojis on a regular basis, (laughs) you know, it's unprofessional, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a playful, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's still social media and, you know, you can't, I think, I can't take that too seriously, right, Um, uh, uh, because you should be playful with it, but it, it is, I do think of it as one body of work where, you know, when you go to any one of our Um, social media platforms and you look at our timeline you know I want it I want it to be diverse I want it to show our research and our faculty and our students and our job our fun side you know because that's that's all what is a part of MIT and I want you when you do come to our timeline when you're deciding to follow us or not that you know this is a place where you can really find like the culture or like, oh I get it. I I you know, I get what it might feel like, um to, you know, walk the infinite corridor or I I get what sort sort of artwork is coming out of here. And wow, I didn't realise it's not just all trigonometry and problem sets, you know, they they play Quidditch at you know <laughs> MIT. <laughs> of course we play Quidditch <laughs> at MIT. Um, but That's I, I you job. know I just I'm sorry. That's so much fun. Yeah. Yes. And that. And that. I. I feel like that's my job, right? To show that side. That if if a post makes you say, "Wow, I I didn't know that about MIT," then I feel like that I've I've done my job, right? Um. So, but of course we have to po- post what you would expect from MIT as well. So I, I think it's all part of it. Um. So, um. I don't think I. To have to decide one or the other. If anything, I like to try to um, make it so that we're not just posting about the same thing, you know, like in a row, right? Like we want to kind of strategize so it's like spanned out a little bit. And... Um,
0: and I love that yeah. diversity because that's what being at a university is. I mean, you're not just going to classes, you also are being silly with your friends and you're also doing research and you're also excited about graduation. And, and I mean it's it's a very diverse uh, experience it's not it's not all all siloed
1: right I mean but um, the thing is like at a University of Michigan right like with the war marines everyone knows that they have a really great football team yeah and, you know, at MIT you know they'll say you have a football team you know that's <laughs> that's part of sort of the misperceptions that we're combating and um, I think social media is the best um, channel to do that through or one of the best ways to do that through so yeah
0: so what's your mascot?
1: Oh a beaver
0: Oh, hey!
1: I did not expect yeah, that. <laughs> nature, yeah, nature's engineer, and his his name is Tim. <laughs> that's
0: so cute.
1: Yeah, which is MIT backwards. That is so. Yeah. cute. <laughs> but there, that's the thing is that there's a lot of like, sort of, you know, in like not jokes, but you know, like if you well, put them that make it
0: charming. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah about yeah, and so and that's way we like to kind of show that through our social media sites.
0: I love that. Well, our next question, which I think ties in really well to a question that Samantha has. So, can we talk a little bit more about the different social media strategy platforms that you're using? And um, one of the questions Samantha had is how many people have access to the accounts? Um, And do you think there's any struggle or benefit to having multiple account managers? So, can you talk a little bit about some of the platforms and, and how you manage those?
1: Sure. Um, so I feel like there's like two. First, is this is this Samantha from Calgary by any chance? This is Samantha from. Oh, I was just gonna say because if that if that's my friend, and I was gonna say hi, but Plymouth. she's <laughs> but... from Plymouth, Mass. Okay. Hello. <laughs> I, I, Very I, cute just curious if it was Like the <laughs> Samantha that I knew. So it sounds like there's two questions. So one, do you kind of approach each platform a little differently, right? And two is, um, if you have multiple managers for um, so, so um, one is yes, like, it's, like absolutely. Um, I I think that you know one of one of my big pet peeves, even in like even in my personal life, is like when people you can tell people used one thing or one um, con, man, content manager to post in every single thing. Like if they post, it was an Instagram post, but they're sharing it everywhere, and you can tell. Um, I don't know that just bug, that bugs me but I, I I think that you like Facebook um, posts you know should look different from a tweet a Twitter I mean you you have more characters and you know you have um, it you know you have more space to play with and, and the feel of Facebook is different and you know your audience is a little bit are different right and um, ob- obviously Instagram like the photo like there are things that we Post on um, Facebook and Twitter that doesn't necessarily go on Instagram because we know it probably won't play as well. Um, um, so, yes, absolutely, right? We've got different strategies. Um, we post at different times, like Twitter. Twitter is just a beast, so we post up to six times a day. Facebook will do at least once, but sometimes up to three. But sometimes I might have a lot of stuff that's going on, so I don't limit myself, but at least once. And in Instagram, we'll post somewhere between three to six times a week. So we don't even um, hold ourselves to like a daily posting in Instagram. I think it's just as regular for sure, right, several times a week. But as um, the beautiful images or... Uh, funny image comes in, and it just plays well. We know it'll play well on Instagram, so we do that. And um, and for multiple managers, I absolutely, I, you know, I tell everyone that social media is a team sport. Um, I need to, I need to find another analogy because this one's horrible. But but if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, like someone needs to be able to pick up. You know, the pick up where I left off. Know all the passwords and post, and no one should know the difference, right? Like, hopefully, the hopefully my family will know a difference, <laughs> but but no one should, no one will know a difference. Um, and so I think that's really important. And I, I do. So I, we've got. I, I'm not just creating the content. I mean, I mean, I have an awesome, awesome team, and I, um, and I've, you know, some of them have been here longer than I. So I've learned. A ton from them. and hopefully i'm I'm just doing what they taught me justice. But um, you know, I directly post in in Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. and I have um, we have other people that manage like YouTube. I have a, a colleague that posts directly in Instagram, and she handles another uh, main Twitter account, but it's purely focused on events. It's called MIT events. So she posts in that, and I kind of super, I mean, I guess like, you know, you know she, I, I think you should always have someone look at your posts. I have people look at my posts because it's easy to, you know, I might have fat fingers that day and I have a typo, you know, or like I, I might be running to another meeting, so I forgot to put the link in there. Like there's nothing technically wrong with it, but you know, those things, other people should be looking at your posts every day. So absolutely, I think, I think um, multiple managers are fine. Now, I, if you're talking about like having one person post daily in one channel, like two people posting daily in a channel, that's a little bit different. I don't know that I would have two people hand, like handling the day-to-day posting in Instagram, but um, but definitely there are people that contribute that act as, as editors. And then um, if you know that person goes on vacation, we should you know I should be able to like pick up. Where they left off, and that person should go on vacation and not <laughs> worry about social, you know posting social for MIT while they're on vacation, right? So I I'm a big believer in that, and so it should be a, a team sport. So I hope I answered those questions, and yeah. I'm I'm sorry if I um, went on too long.
0: <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I think we've gotten some really good ideas on how to manage it and how to make sure that the content is staying diverse and interesting, and and at the same time. Uh, you know, kind of spreading out some of the workload. I think that's wow. really, really smart. Yeah. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about like the specific platforms you have and the different audiences in each of those platforms and how you're tailoring content towards those audiences? Because, right. I mean, as much as my, my 17-year-old brother has tried, he's not going to get my mom into Snapchat. <laughs> right. So right. so how are you tailoring content towards uh, those? So talk about the platforms and, and the audiences you have.
1: Sure. So again, you know, as you can do some it's what I call di- digital detective work, right? Because it's nothing's going to list exactly like this person is a staff member and this person is an alumni. and like you get you get audience segments, you get age segments, and then um, you can, can kind of guess by what they're interacting with um, what the audience is. So, so I'll, I'll start with Instagram. Um, it, it's our I think Instagram in general is the fastest growing um, uh, social media platform out there, and you know we the and on ours um, the posts that get the most engagement are like the, the nostalgic posts and and sort of those the jokes of the culture right we're sharing these um, uh, little bits of our culture um, so if we post a picture of the MIT dome it always gets incredible engagement or any picture of campus so we're just kind of by. Like anecdotally, thinking our biggest alumni or student population is in our Instagram channel, they just because by what they're engaging with. So in Twitter, and this is probably not um, any surprise, but you know it's the it's global, right? It's probably our one of our most I would say it and Facebook most global, and um, just by what they're engaging with, it's it's a lot of the, you know, the research um uh partic- you know I mean per is, yeah it's it's a, I would say it's it's a lot of the research so we know we feel like it, it leans more um of those that work in higher ed or those that are in the field of science and technology you know that do it for a profession um but again have, have they you know they're interested in the culture of MIT they're a fan of MIT you know they're they're really interested in what comes out of here so that's our sense of Twitter and then Facebook it's it's kind of I mean it's kind of what you can guess right it's, it's global for sure but it's like more you know m- more students parents would follow us on Facebook than anything else um, and but it still leans professional you know because the research um, does always really well um, so I know it's like it's really broad, right? But we but we get these broad senses, and then you just kind of, yeah, you know, make 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 decisions of what to post in each based just based on what they're responding to. So
0: yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I know here at UVA students are like, oh, I'm not on Facebook, or yeah, I'm not going to do that because it's like not the cool thing anymore but i'm telling you they they always say the two number yeah. uh, the two highest ways in yeah. which they hear about events or get engaged number one's email number two is facebook like yeah, yeah, over yeah. twitter and over instagram because they don't want to see you know different promotions on instagram they want to see the the story of what's happening while they're there and so facebook is such a great place to be like hey if you need to you know don't forget your cap and gown that's what you're going to put on facebook you're not going to put on instagram
1: so i don't so, know yeah i thought we were kind of over that Um, Facebook is passe thing, Uh, but absolutely, I I think it was the Pew Research Center that came out and said said if it's a a 14-year-old is going to, if they sign up for a social media platform for the first time, like they turn 14, they just got their phone, Um, the accounts that they open are like WeChat and Facebook, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone from the 14-year-olds to their grandparents are on Facebook, like everyone is on Facebook, like There are currently what two billion people on Facebook, and Facebook are they're looking for their next two billion people, and there's like seven billion people on the planet, so like half of them will belong to Facebook. Like I just I don't understand. Like everyone is on Facebook, so I often tell people if you're going to do social and you don't know where to start, um, and you can't do all of the platforms, just do Facebook. It will. It now you can post. videos so it'll archive your videos. You can post pictures. You can do live. You can sell things on—I mean it's, it's literally—you can call an Uber. Like It's, it's becoming stickier and stickier um, and I imagine they're just going to keep offering more and more options that if you're going to do one, I always say that should be the one that you do because your audience will find you there. So
0: do you work with any specific departments um, when they're developing, because I'm sure at MIT, like, you know, the Department of Engineering has their own Facebook and, and the Department of this other thing has their own Facebook. So <laughs> yeah. so do you engage with those different departments and kind of help them in, in developing tone and language guidelines?
1: Um, so. Okay, so we have like more than 200 department labs and centers in MIT and all of them are on like a social media channel of some sort. So we, um, we do have, and so yes, uh, a big part of my job is like advising and consulting. Um, I don't, they know their department better than I do, so I go as far as to say that you should find your voice and make, you know, your tone and make it your own. Um, and of course, you know, it's like, you know, find your, like, voice is different than tone. I mean, we we kind of talk about those things, and we'll talk about best practices. Um, but yes, I do a lot of that, and it's all across the board, right? Because there's a lot of one-man communication teams, um, and I totally feel for them, because it, it's, you know, they're doing everything. They're, like, writing the articles. They're... They're promoting them. They are making videos. They are, you know, they're doing everything, and, and they're doing social. And no one's helping them. So, um, I I always tell them in that I am their teammate, right? So if they want to bounce an idea or if they want me to look at something, you know, that absolutely, that's that's what I'm here for. So I, I do do the, I do do that a lot.
0: So um, what would you say are your top five or so? Um, you know best practices that you share with them because you talk like oh we give them best practices and kind of give them um, some ideas so what are some of the tips that you give them
1: well i mean well i think sometimes it would be different so you know depending on you know there are there are those that say i i've never been on twitter you know and my boss wants me to open a twitter account so help me what do i do and then you know there are there are there are pros that are just, you know, could be doing my job, right? Like, um, and so it kind of runs the gamut, but I, I generally would say if you're saying five that be- like basic best practices, I would say always use an image, right? Like always. I, I feel like no matter what, no matter which platform and size it to that platform, right? And so that it doesn't crop odd, because you can't control how it looks on their um, feed, right? Like, I don't know how many times like you see a photo and then in in Twitter you see this, you don't see <laughs> it, you see this much and you know that, you know, and I see, and I see that and I'm just kind of like, <laughs> crop, you know, all you have to do is crop and I know it takes like another like maybe 40 seconds to do that but when you go to your feed it just looks so much better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and always um, linked to something, even no matter what, right? Um, it, I have to say, like, um, there's, there's there's this post that the University of Wisconsin did, and it sticks in my head because it was so good. Um, it was a pop culture thing. And it, um, I don't know, are you a Game of Thrones watcher? Yeah, Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so the whole Hodor... Yeah. When the, that reveal, remember that was yeah. that was huge. And they had a, a post and they t- took a picture of like um a really beautiful ornate door on campus on the campus of University of Wisconsin Madison and all they did was put hold the door. <laughs> so perfect. Yes. But, but if they had linked that to something, yeah. right? That um you know I, I'm sorry that that tweet in itself was perfect so yeah. but I'm just, what I'm saying is even when it's something like that if you can link it to always try to keep people within your universe right like you know um, have them wanting more and, and clicking um, to the next thing so if they could have like I don't know like I don't even know like linked to uh, architecture type, department Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, like, <laughs> teach you how to hold the door in
0: the architecture department. <laughs> exactly.
1: That would have been, that's, actually, that's brilliant. Anyway, so, I mean, so there's an, there's always an opportunity to link to something. So, always link it back to something within your universe, right? Um, and um, I mean, this I feel like this is stuff people know, but like, ta- tag, you know, tag other people. Anytime you can give people love, tag other people, give them credit for, you know, the posts that they do. Um, gosh, I don't. Uh, you know, can, I mean, yeah, it's it's like now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's really tough. Can I name five? Um, that and you know, it here, Yeah, like, I'm Kind of trying. I'm having trouble coming up with two others that aren't super super obvious. Like I feel like this crowd would you know would are pretty pro. They're pro at this, so. But you know, I I'd, I'd say like if anything, don't be um, insincere in what you post. Like for example, we talked about diversity, and that's really really important. But don't force it, right? Like, still be authentic to what is represent re- representative of your um, your campus. You know, so if you're if you're trying to see more diverse, and there's like if there is an asian person and an african american person in every one of your posts but then you go visit campus and there you don't see any asian people <laughs> or i mean you know it's 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 not so authentic. true yeah it's not authentic so i i would just say like keep to your authenticity and and i would say do you like do you know don't worry About your number, like if you if you have ten an audience of ten, and the next year you have twenty five, you've grown it more than a hundred percent, right? And don't poo poo that you have twenty five followers because those twenty five followers are engaged in what you do, right? So just really take to heart what they like and do more of it, and more will come. So.
0: And the only way you're going to build more followers is if you're building content that those 24 really like. And so yeah. if you're not focusing on the content, like you said, keeping it authentic, making it diverse so it's not the same thing over and over again, you're listening to what they're saying. Try stuff, see if it works. If it doesn't, try something else. And and I think that's brilliant that you know that's you're gonna. Ha- I'd much rather have 24 really engaged audience members yeah. than a thousand that never look at our content. But yeah. we have a thousand followers. You know, yeah. I think. And and if you have that engaged, it's the following is going to automatically happen. I mean, look at um, George Takei. You know, he had no one was following him on Facebook, and then he started posting this stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh my goodness, it's George! Yeah. Like you got to follow him." Yes, and yes. you know,
1: that's exactly. people
0: that aren't Star Trek fans are now following him, and he didn't go out there and say, "You got to follow me." He just had really good content. I-
1: I mean, who, he's got the zingers, like, in, I mean, I could, I wish I could come up with that stuff, you know, I mean, it's brilliant, but, yeah. Oh, my, oh, MIT. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, Amy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, all, like, if seriously, like, if you have 25 followers, do not poo-poo. If they are liking every one of your posts, then that's 100% engagement. Like, who can say that? Like, that. That's awesome. I would rather have that than, you know, like a million that never engage, you know, yeah. with your… Because then you just feel
0: like you're talking into the
1: void, Yeah. you know. I, yeah. yeah, you're part of the noise, would- right? Or… Yeah. All right,
0: Absolutely. so I don't see that we have any other questions, and I think you've done a phenomenal job of answering all the questions that I had. And I know we kind of jumped around the script, but that was fantastic. And, um, you know, thank you so much for your time. This was so interesting. I got so many good ideas. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for Game of Thrones. I want to see what MIT is going to do after the next, uh, <laughs> after Sunday, right, Sunday oh, night. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But um, it, it, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank, thanks, Amy, for inviting me.
0: Yeah, this is great. And well, I'd also like to thank you always to our program sponsor, M Stoner, and hope that everyone has a good day.